Welcome back to The Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Will. And on today's episode, we're covering a series uh, we put together uh, called Why Men Hate Going to Church. We got put onto this topic by listening to podcast from The Art of Manliness, which is authored by Brett McKay. It's uh, podcast 253, Why Men Hate Going to Church, where he interviewed the author of a book called Why Men Hate Going to Church, David Murrow. Yeah, and so David uh, wrote this book, um, not just based off his own experiences, but also, you know, talking with a lot of other men who don't go to church and um, some of those reasons why. And I think overall, it does discuss... Um, kind of the feminization of church, which uh, is, I think, more than evident if you look at at church today. And uh, but more specifically, chapter ten discusses the twelve things men fear about church. And so we're going to cover those twelve things starting today. Yeah. So welcome back. And uh, covering chapter 10 of Why Men Hate Going to Church, The 12 Things Men Fear About Church. Um, so we started this off, uh, we are in uh, part 7, or week 7. And just to catch you up, if you haven't been listening, um, first of all, if you haven't been listening, uh, go back and... Yeah, what uh, are you I doing? Mean, come on. What are you doing with your Please. life? Please. Are you, are you even... I mean, are you? You have man? nothing else to do during the stay home order, <laughs> or even mowing your lawn. Just put some headphones on. Come on now. So, uh, so yeah, the the first fear discussed here in chapter ten. I'll hate church like when I was a kid. Uh, fear number two: I'll lose control. Fear three: I'll get stuck with some weirdo. Fear four: Is he gay? Uh, fear five: If I become a Christian, I'll become soft. Fear six. Church is tough on single guys. And fear number seven, Christians don't get much sex. And I would have to say, where are you getting your information? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, anyway. Well, it's it's a fear that people have. Doesn't mean it's based in reality. Well, that is true. I I mean, uh, a lot of fears have, have no... Uh, data or anything to to support them. They're just uh, irrational fears. And I would have to say this is most certainly one of them. (laughs) I don't think this one's going to be too long, which we say every single time. (laughs) I think, I literally think we've said that almost every episode. (laughs) I'd have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure. So (laughs) at the 45 minute mark, just just go to the next episode. (laughs) Right. Uh, uh, so we, we are just going to jump it right in and read this little excerpt. Christians don't get much sex from why men hate going to church by David Murrow. Since the Victorian era, the church has been associated with extreme prudery when it comes to sexual matters. The image of a Christian is they don't talk about sex. They don't like sex and they probably don't get much sex. Today's unchurched men regard biblical prohibitions against premarital sex as outdated, and priestly celibacy seems just plain bizarre, which we do agree. Yeah, yeah, we do agree with that. But uh, there's no way to be delicate about this, so I'll just say it. 
Some men are reluctant to go to church because it says to the world, I'm not getting much sex. A church-going single guy says to the world, I'm not getting any. In some circles, a single man who's voluntarily celibate is believed to be sexually impotent or gay. This is a huge subconscious hurdle for a lot of men. Even men who aren't sleeping around are loath to put a sign on their heads that says, I've been sexually tamed. Church affiliation implies that you are not performing as a man. Plus, Christian men mustn't engage in locker room boasting, a primary form of male communication. Believe it or not, church going can actually inflame lust in men's heart. It's a weekly appointment with thrones of women who look their best. Contemporary churches attract lots of young women, many of whom dress provocatively, to say the least. The exposed cleavage and tight-fitting garments are made... (laughs) Excuse me. Let me start that one over. The exposed cleavage and tight-fitting garments that made spring break famous are now appearing at a worship service near you. I talked to one man who had to change churches because of this issue. A particularly well-built young woman would regularly go forward to wave a flag during worship, which I've never seen. I've never seen that, no. no. Uh, She often wore an embarrassingly tight tank top and jiggled sensually during the praise music. I know this woman just wanted to praise her Savior, but her dancing was very suggestive, he said. All she lacked was a brass pole. I suggested he mortify his flesh by joining a mainline congregation. Lust is no problem in a church where the average woman is pushing 60. <laughs> that's, and, first and, of all, that's and, suggesting that older men <laughs> right? don't lust. Don't lust. <laughs> uh, and I would have to, you know, not naming any names, uh, I would have to say that that is absolutely wrong because uh, <laughs> older men do. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, uh, and, uh, you know, I find older women very attractive, so I, 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 can't, uh, I can't say that that would work for this guy here. <laughs> I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so anyway, jumping back to this Victorian era deal. Um, yeah, so the first thing he says here is that the, the Christian image is that we don't talk about sex. We don't like sex, and we don't get any sex. Now, I I have to agree that for the most part, churches are not talking about sex as much as they should. I I totally 100% agree. And honestly, I'm just guessing here, but I would say it's probably related to the reason why sex is is not a very big topic for most parents. (laughs) Because it can be awkward unless you are clearly have no filter and whatever, like myself, because <laughs> I'll talk about sex. No problem. <laughs> In fact, anybody who knows me, uh, knows that, uh, yeah, I will, I will definitely enjoy, uh, some conversations about, um, one of my passions, which is passion. <laughs> See what I did there? I like that. Yeah. Pun intended. Yes. But, but again, I, I think that that's, uh, I think that that's completely just, I think it's just wrong. Um, now again, yes, there are 
<clears throat> there are your your prudes who uh, simply will not talk about sex. They get uncomfortable when you're talking about sex. Um, I, I know a few of those people. <laughs> sure. um, and, you know, sex was never a conversation when they were a child um, and probably never a conversation when, you know, they were, uh, when, when their parents were a child, like mm-hmm. just depending on what type of a, a church setting they were in. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with more, more the family aspect than anything. Um, for, for my family, sex was a very open topic. Um, we talked about it all the time. And I remember my grandma like, you're going to love it when you're married. Like that was always something my grandma <laughs> said. Right. Know. So, so how much, how many people are, um, maybe afraid to become a Christian? Like this fear is a reality to them because either them growing up or a friend, uh, it was taught as a, from a young age that sex is bad because right. it's taught that sex outside of marriage is a sin. You shouldn't, you know, partake in it. But then that carries over because no one then discusses sex right. the way God intended, the way God created it to be in marriage. Yeah. And so you grow up thinking it's bad. So so um, my wife, for instance, literally has never had a sex talk from a parental figure. Literally. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> 15 years together and, and four kids, I I think she's good. You had the talks. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, you know, and we definitely had those deep conversations uh, with with our um, pastor and, and his wife, you know, prior to uh, getting married and all that good stuff as well. But, um, I mean, I, I just, I got to say, this is just, this is just incorrect. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to lay some things on the line here, Okay. And I, I will I have permission from my beautiful bride <laughs> to uh, kind of talk like I normally would talk. Um, but I mean, we, we I mean, we started off this year with a challenge. And that challenge was sex every day for the year. And we made it, I think, 43 days <laughs> before a big argument. Put a put a stop to it, <laughs> but um, I mean I, I don't know, and and it's not even something like like it's not even something for for my wife that uh, that that she that she needs. It's just not on her radar. She um, I've I've learned over you know fifteen years together that she doesn't even you know she might notice an attractive man, but doesn't like there's no like sexual thoughts registering, whatever. She just, that's just not what she does. And in fact, <clears throat> when I've been deployed, I counted and the, the, I think it was this last deployment. I think we were on month seven oh. when she finally said, man, I, I wish, <laughs> I wish you were home right now, you know? And it's just like, like, that's just not her thing. You're like, I wrote that letter when I left <laughs> <You know>? the house. <laughs> but for me, on the other hand, I'm, you know, totally opposite. I could have sex almost every day. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a stretch because obviously 43 you know, is the, cutoff. 43 is the cutoff. Um, but, uh, yeah. So to, to think that, yes, no, I was definitely having a lot less sex as a single man mm-hmm. than all my counterparts because I wasn't <laughs> right. You know, and, so, and, and so he talks about that even is that 
you know, our last podcast was about singles. And so, you know, obviously marriage scripturally is created by God for a man and a woman. Uh, let's be clear there. Yes. And uh, there is a, uh, I mean, you brought it up talking about Native Americans and different yeah, cultures so the, and traditions. Like the, you know, the the marriage itself wasn't even, um, you know, in today's culture, you're officially married when you sign the marriage license and submit it for whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about that. I wanted the license to have nothing to do with my wedding ceremony. Right. It was, so, it was, so today's culture is you're married when that piece of paper when is the, signed. When you have the document, right? But traditionally, that's, though. Traditionally speaking, you know, you're married when you decide you're you're getting married. You make those commitments to each other publicly, and then you consummate that marriage. Like, that's when you're officially married. And, and even in other cultures, like um, some Native American cultures, uh, had had same uh, or similar traditions where you know they would have this this coming together ceremony and then like the whole tribe would stand around the teepee while the bride and groom went in and <laughs> and you know officially became married you know and right. so, uh, so so marriage is all about sex sex <laughs> you know it's it's funny I I watched uh, not true but <laughs> it's not it I mean but uh, so so I watched. Uh, um, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage with Mark Unger. Uh, great. I mean, the guy's a goofball, um, but it's 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 really good. And it really does kind of talk about the differences between men and women and how that relates in marriage. Um, he does bring up the fact that this is, you know, speaking in generalities because there are marriages out there where, um, you know, the wife pro- predominantly wants to engage in sex and the man sure. is thinking of other things. You know, I, I know a lot of guys that are just driven by their career and that's all they can think about is work, 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 work. And you know, their wife is the one who has to say, hello, yeah. I'm over here naked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, there is a challenge going around. I saw on Facebook. Oh boy. No, I didn't, sh- it didn't show anything. Of course it's, it was, uh, it was all the the girls, and they weren't all married, uh, getting naked in front of their significant other to watch the reaction. Now, now most of them are uh, the guys on his video game, of course, because apparently that's the thing to do. He's on his video game playing, and he's got his headset on, talking to friends and stuff. And she walks in the room and says, "Hey, hey, so and so." He's he's playing, and then when he looks over. Boom! Drops the. Drops hey guys, the I gotta go. <laughs> you know, throws the mic down <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So, so Mark, uh, Mark's mentions that uh, you know women, women's brains are extremely complex, and there's a lot of things going on, and you really have to get to the heart of a woman before, um, before she really opens up sexually, right? And and before marriage, like, or, you know. He, he does bring up the fact that, you know, women who who do give that central thing for a man away <clears throat> prior to marriage, um, they're, they're just fooling themselves if they think that they're ever going to have a really deep, lasting relationship. Not saying that it can't happen, but even, um, gosh, this is one I was going to look up and I completely forgot until this very moment. But, uh, um, 
Oh, goodness sakes. I'm going to have to look it up. But the uh, uh, the biblical character who uh, his his wife became kind of uh, a harlot and um, he took her back. When he took her back, he did not engage in sex with her because he needed to build the relationship first. And I think that's that's a key thing, you know, even with marriage. You know, you're building right. this relationship, building this relationship, you know. You, I think you're talking about Hosea. Thank you. Um, I was going to look at it. Seriously, <laughs> I thought last week, like, I'm like, oh, I got to look that up because I want to tell that story. Yeah. Totally forgot until just right this minute. But um, so, yeah, and... Uh, and, and I think that so many women, you know, um, you know, they feel the love or whatever it is that they, the, the reason is that they, that they do do it, um, before marriage, but you're, you're just, you're, you're really saying like, you can, you can get whatever you want without the condition of, of commitment, you know? Right. And, um, anyway, he, Mark goes on to say that men are, and I quote, men are simple, S E X simple. <laughs> and, and I, like for me, that's, that's totally, uh, totally it. You know, I will, <laughs> I'm telling you what, I'll do just about anything for sex. I, I you know, it's, and, and <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say it, but, uh, um, I, I do, I do highly recommend Mark Gunger laugh your way to a better marriage. Um, because it really does kind of talk about like to, for men to, the way to a man's heart, uh, you know, they always say uh, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, but they were off a little bit. Um, the way to a man's heart is through sex. If you want a man to open up emotionally or whatever, then um, then sex is a key element. And, we, you know, we were just talking about this. We've seen countless times, you know, begrudging men who are saying, you know, I, I don't get any sex. I haven't had sex in three months or something like that, you know, yeah. and, and they just that you can tell like they have a terrible marriage. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so much of it, obviously you can't be, you can't be a jerk, right? Because yeah. you have to work on your part, getting to her heart so that you can get to other things. And, and, um, likewise, if she wants you to open up, I mean, I think I speak for most men when, you know, we're easily trained, you know, <laughs> reward, <laughs> Versus, you know, action and reward. If you want us to, uh, you know, we, we clean the clean out the refrigerator. Uh, good job. And, uh, oh, thank you for cleaning out the refrigerator. Ping. Here's a treat. You know, guess what? We, we learn like that, We're going to clean the fridge again. <laughs> We're going to clean the fridge again. For sure. Right. And so, I mean, <clears throat> I'll read uh, 1 Corinthians 7 in just a second here. And this podcast is for married men. I mean, we're not going to get into all the... Do's and don'ts as a single when it comes to marriage or you know sex and premarital sex stuff like that, but uh, there has to be you know one side of the spouse or the marriage, husband or wife, may want to have sex every day, the other might want to have it once a month, and somewhere in there there has to be compromise. Uh, and you said it, it all comes down to communication. Absolutely, and, yeah. I mean. Really, all of marriage can be I mean, boiled down to <laughs> exactly. communication, it, yeah. relationships, and the, the, the three most <laughs> the three most uh, fought over things in a marriage are sex, money, and communication. Absolutely, I don't know if it's that order, but it's those three. Well, <laughs> yeah, those those three things. And if Absolutely. you have communication down, the other two 
are going to go away because you're communicating about your money. You're communicating sure. about how much sex you want to have, sure. how, how you want to have sex, that sort right, of stuff. Right. Um, but for the fear that we're not going to, as, as a Christian, you're not going to have much sex. I think it comes down to maybe you're not going to have as much sex with the amount of people you want because <laughs> right. you're supposed to have sex with your wife. <laughs> right. Um, but to that to that end, First uh, Corinthians 7 says, uh, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, yes, here it is, uh, is it good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman? But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So we talked about last podcast how some are called to be single if, and what was the if? If you can avoid you sexual can avoid temptation. Sexual temptation. Yeah, if absolutely. you can't, you are supposed to have a wife, right? A husband. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know to 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 quote well or paraphrase Mark Gunger again. Um, he says he says uh, you know if it wasn't for sex. Most of us guys wouldn't put up with y'all women. <laughs> I uh, and probably vice versa. I mean, oh well. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, but yeah. Right. Uh, so obviously, God created uh, marriage. God created sex to be done within marriage. That's where you're going to have the most fulfillment and joy is with your spouse. Uh, so First Corinthians seven verse three says, "The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights." And likewise, the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a little time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again. So that, so here's the reason, the reason that you should be having sex is not only because it's what you should be doing for your spouse and putting them first, but you should be having sex so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Like you said, if men are simple SEX, right. then without <laughs> SEX, you're going to fall into temptation. Totally. Absolutely. You're, you're going to look at other people. You might start looking at pornography. You might be doing something that you're not supposed to outside of your marriage bed. And probably, you know, the, the most important is, reason to have sex is so that you're not tempted by others. Of course, it, it, it's great, right? <laughs> we, sure. We love sex. And, sure. and uh, some would say, you know, there, there's probably nothing that compares. And it, it, it certainly brings you closer to one another intimately, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you've got that bond... Yeah. Um, you know, that, that marriage bond, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there are non-married people who are having sex and not having any, uh, emotional connection there. Right. Um, I, I would argue that there emotional, maybe is, not, I, I, I would, I would agree that there is some sort of connection there because I mean, you're, you're exposing yourself and i don't just mean physically yeah. but you're you're really you know you're exposing I, who you are i've seen a thoughts. lot of statistics that show pornography sex outside of marriage any any kind of sexual release obviously your body is releasing dopamine 
sure uh, feel good and that image or thought during that release is something that you're going to keep trying to come back to it's why people get addicted to pornography right um so it's important especially as a single person to remain celibate until you're married so that when you're in your marriage your mind's not for anyone else but your spouse right that way you are getting the most joy and fulfillment in your spouse absolutely and you know it's not going to always happen um you know there there's uh I would say probably two to three times a week would be um, the the going rate for <laughs> for my relationship. But uh, everybody's going to have their own thing. Like I said, you know, some people are more driven than others. Um, but you know, e- even that, like, there's times where I'm tired, and mm-hmm. you know, you get home late, and um, you just you just don't have the energy. You might want it earlier, but you don't have the energy. Um, you got to find other times. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, you just, you, you got to work that in. It, it is a part of the relationship. Again, it's how men reach or excuse me, it's how women reach the heart of a man, you know? Um, and, um, likewise, I think, I mean, there's, there's been some really emotional sex, that my wife and I've had, you know what I mean? Like where, um, it's just, please don't go into too much. I, I won't go into detail, but, but I mean it, you've lost all there, of our listeners. There are, there are, there are, uh, you know, um, there's a relationship there and, and, uh, something, you, there's just something you can't reach without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I guess, uh, Studies show that, you know, taking into account all ages, a typical married couple has sex two times a week. I think you said Mark Gunger said like every 72 hours, which basically is about the same. Typically, typically a man uh, is in need of sexual release every 72 hours. <laughs> right. So, so and I, I mean, sex should not be withheld or demanded. If one spouse uh, does not want it, the other one shouldn't force it on them. And, but, but to have the belief that if I become a Christian, I'm not going to have sex. It's a lie. That's it for this episode of the gathering podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share and subscribe. We'd also appreciate a good review, but more importantly, If you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, please join us for the Gathering Breakfast, held the second Saturday of each month at the 963 building on North M18, where we'll have plenty of bacon, and we'll touch on this episode briefly with some more outlook from men like yourself.